25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Is that the real bell or the or just the bell sound? Which is it? That was the bell button. <laughs> oh, it was the bell button. Just wanted you to come out fighting. Come out swinging today on a Tuesday, Roger says. Well, boys and girls, we're all here um, hanging out. In Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. neighborhood. Welcome in on a Tuesday that feels like a Monday. How was your Memorial Day weekend? I hope that you took Monday to honor all the men and women who've given their lives fighting for this country and for your freedom and my freedom and our freedom. That's what we did around here. Welcome into Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. What's up, Roger? Yeah, it's good to be here. I'm like Minnie Pearl. What about her? I'm just so glad to be here. <laughs> yeah, Minnie Pearl. Well, it does kind of feel like a Monday, even though it is a Tuesday, and uh, it's going to feel like a short week. Buddy of mine, uh, John Pitts, he's the sports editor of the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal paper, tweeted a while ago, me repeating to myself, it is Tuesday. It is Tuesday. It is Tuesday. <laughs> That's like me at the beginning of the year with my checks. What do you mean? It's 2019. Oh, it's 2019. Yeah. <laughs> Remind yourself of the year. So what happens when you have those long weekends. So um, a holiday for a very good reason. Everybody back at it today, including on this show. So it is Tuesday the 28th. Uh, the show is happening today. It is new. Um and therefore, there's plenty to get to and to break down. Now, I will tell you, later in the week, uh, as early as tomorrow, the head coaches at these schools, Coach Lamonis at Mississippi State, Mike Bianco at Ole Miss, are scheduled to be on this show, just not uh, here on Tuesday. Now, Scott Berry, the head coach at Southern Miss, fresh off their Conference USA Tournament Championship, they won the CUSA Tournament, therefore – giving the committee no choice but to put them in the field automatically. And now Southern Miss is going to head down to Baton Rouge this weekend for the regional there with LSU. And Coach Barry is going to be on the show today. And we'll have Bianco and Lamonis on later in the week and kind of make the rounds, talk to the coaches, preview the, uh, the regional series and stuff you have coming up this weekend. So much seems to have happened. Water under the bridge since the last time I was on the air with you. If you go back to the end of last week, live from Hoover, Alabama, at the SEC tournament. First of all, thanks to everybody who tuned in last week. All the feedback, phone calls, the texts, all that stuff was great. And, um, again, a shout-out and a thanks to all the guests who swung by the press box and plopped down and put the headset on. 
including a co-host for a couple days there, Caleb Hamill. Really appreciate Caleb, and you know um, he did a great job. He's got a bright, bright future, I believe, in uh, broadcasting. A lot of fun. So since then, so much seems to um, have gone under the bridge. One, State bowed out of the SEC tournament, got blown out by LSU, and State honestly looked like a team less than what you would say, what, locked in, almost ready to get on back to Starkville and look ahead of the postseason. They just kind of looked that way. And the approach, I mean, look, the first guy out of the bullpen for Mississippi State in that LSU loss was a guy who I don't know that he's thrown a pitch all year long in an SEC game, Tyler Spring. He's been good in the midweek out of the pen but hasn't pitched a lot. Certainly was a different approach out of the pen. Just gave you the look of a team that was – they're there, they're playing ball, they're going to get a little work in and go back to Starkville and okay with it, honestly. Is that, now, <laughs> it's not making excuses. I'm saying that's what it looked like, whether it was intended or not. LSU, on the other hand, they looked like a team that was, with every pitch, with every inning, fighting and scratching and clawing to get a host site so they could be at home for the regional this weekend, and they got that done. And the other team who looked that way was Ole Miss. Fighting, scratching, clawing, battling every pitch, every half inning, knowing they had a lot of ground to make up. Some people got my hand up going into the SEC tournament, didn't think from an RPI standpoint that it was possible for Ole Miss to work themselves into the top 15 in the RPI, which I and everybody else thought is what it took to become a host. Well, as it turned out, Ole Miss played themselves all the way into the SEC championship there against Vanderbilt at the tournament. Came up short, blew a 9-1 lead, didn't win the SEC tournament, didn't get that win against Vandy, and did not get themselves in the top 15 of the RPI. Ratings percentage index that for the last 10 years or so has been just, I mean, line for line, slot for slot, the committee has gone by the RPI. And so that's what we were all looking at. Ole Miss only earned itself into the top, what were they listed at, 22? Is that what they were? I think they were listed at 22. Yeah. In the RPIs. Well, you would think, well, that that's not a good enough RPI to host. Yeah, they finished at 22. But they did play throughout the year. As it turned out, 39 games against top 50 teams. That'd be Q1 or top 50 opponents. They played 39 games against top 50 opponents. I think that's more than anybody else in the SEC. Is it? Let me see. 39? Yeah, it's more. It's a few more than Vandy. It's a few more than Auburn. It's, is it more? Yeah. It's three more, four more, three more than Mississippi State. So they played the most top 50 teams and went 20 and 19 against those top 50. So that, coupled with their run at the SEC tournament, got them a regional host. So the committee, the NCAA Baseball Selection Committee, bucked the trend of using the ratings percentage index as the gauge for who's going to host and who's not, for who's seeded highly and who's not, and for who's in the top 16 and who's not. They bucked it and went with some other metrics. I encourage you, if you're a numbers person, if you're a 
moneyball type person in baseball. Read what Teddy Cahill wrote over at uh, USA Today. Uh, um, you know, what is it, Baseball America, which they're tied into USA Today, aren't they? Far be it for me to give the wrong one out there. I know he writes for Baseball America. I was assuming, I, I, I thought it was a USA Today related thing. Look up Baseball America on Twitter, at Baseball America. Okay, so look at that, first of all. And, you know, and you can read a little bit about how they were able to kind of, you know, if you just look at the entire tournament, teams that got in, teams that didn't, teams that hosted, teams that didn't, it just kind of shows you that RPI was not the emphasis this year for the committee. It was top 50 wins, pretty much. All right, TCU, for instance, they got in the tournament. They finished the year 32-26. and 26. They are number 59 in the RPI, normally not good enough. It's the worst of any at-large team. They're below Arizona, below BYU, Houston, Texas State, UCF, UC Irvine. All those teams on the bubble didn't get in, did not get in. Central Florida, Missouri didn't get in. Better RPIs. But TCU with a lower RPI got in. Why? They went 14-15 and 15 against the Big 12, reached the semifinals of the conference tournament, and they had 12 wins against top 50 opponents. More than any of the other bubble teams. Had 16 games on the road they won. That's what they went by this year. They give a host site to Ole Miss. Ole Miss was 22 in the RPI. So that's outside of what is believed to be the range of hosting for SEC teams. 22 outside the range. You need to be in the top 15. That's the way it's been the last 10 years. Chase Parham gave you the stat on this show. The last 10 years, no SEC team has hosted when they were outside of the top 14 in RPI. But they're at a 22, and they're hosting. They went 20-19 and 19 against top 50 teams. I told you, 39 games they played, and they went 20 of them. No team in the country played more games against top 50 competition. All right, 20 wins. Far more of those top 50 wins, more than Miami, who's coming to start with as a two seed. They're not hosting. More than NC State. More than Texas A&M, who's not hosting and got sent way up the road to, like, West Virginia as a two seed. So it, it's clear that's what they went by. It's clear That they went by top 50 wins. All right, so the thing is, you, you look at it, is that what they ought to be going by? Is that really what they ought to judge by? Yes is the answer. I think it is the answer. When you look at this year's tournament field and who's hosting and who's not, your top 16 seeds, UCLA, Vanderbilt, Georgia Tech, Georgia, Arkansas, Mississippi State at number 6, Louisville, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, and then 10 through 16, 
East Carolina, Stanford, Ole Miss, LSU, North Carolina, West Virginia, and Oregon State. Those are your hosts. LSU got in there as a host. How did he do it? Well, LSU, you know, Ole Miss had 20 wins against the top 50. LSU had 18 wins against the top 50. They went 18 and 16 against top 50 and finished with an RPI of 16. RPI is good. Top 50 was even better. So they got in as a host as well. So there, there, was, just, there was just a little bit of a different. Um, there was a little bit of a different approach. That's just the best way you can say it for the committee. The NCAA baseball selection committee. Just a different approach. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. They didn't look as closely at ratings percentage index RPI as they have in the past. They looked a little bit of a, this was a weird RPI year, and so they took that into consideration. You look at teams like Auburn and Tennessee. Auburn and Tennessee been in the top twenty RPI all year long, but they had losing records in the conference. <clears throat> Oregon State and Stanford, however. really good in their conference. Their RPIs weren't as good, but they're hosting. So the committee went away from this strict reliance on RPI. And here's the other thing. This is the uh, the offshoot that I think is a residual effect. Next year, this time next year, going into conference tournaments, the SEC tournament in Hoover, the Conference USA tournament in you know, on the coast and Biloxi and others around the country, there may be a little bit of a different outlook for some teams going into their conference tournaments. You know, you look, there's no question about it that the wins that LSU and Ole Miss stacked up in the SEC tournament last week in Hoover were the key to them hosting a regional in the postseason. Absolutely, there's no question that was the key. Even though, in Ole Miss's example, they couldn't climb high enough in the RPI. They started the week at 30, finished at 22. They go up eight spots, but they didn't get in the top 15. But depending on your schedule throughout the year and top 50 wins and so on and so forth, they prove that conference tournament can be huge in the committee's eyes, depending on who you beat and win. And in the SEC tournament, everybody you play is going to have good RPI. Everybody you play is going to be in the top 50. Everybody. So in terms of piling up top 50 wins and that being a criteria, if you are an SEC team going into the SEC tournament next year and you're sitting there at, I don't know, 16 or 17 top 50 wins, you're on the bubble, You can go to the SEC tournament, win two games, three games, put yourself at 19 or 20, and that will be the difference in you hosting or not. So based on this precedent this year, you're going to have a lot of teams that are going to put huge emphasis on next year's SEC tournament, conference tournaments. I mean, it really could be huge. All right, so here you are on a Tuesday. Let me give you a, a, a heads up. 
you can be a part of the show. I'd love to hear from you today, your reaction. Give me a call on the uh, Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment, Madison and Jackson, 601-995-1059. That's the number to the Divinity phone, 601-995-1059. Give me a shout. What do you think? Did the committee get it right? Is a six seed too low for Mississippi State? I'm about to jump into that. Also, you can text the show. i got to pull it up right here. You can text the show at 885-ESPN. That also is a 601 number, 885-ESPN. So let me get into the text here real quick. Jay, who texts the show, he listens in uh, Baltimore, Maryland. He's from Clinton originally. Jay says, Matt. Now, this is in regards to Mississippi State and hitting or lack thereof the last little bit. This is what he says, Matt. 26 scoreless innings out of 33 over the three games, and only twice did we score more than a single run. I continue to be concerned against top-shelf pitching. He says, but I feel the key to the postseason uh, and the success is having the starters get through at least six innings. The bullpen is just not deep enough to handle situations like Friday, and that was JT Ginn's short outing. He says, also, I assume Lamonis will be starting Peyton Plumley on Friday to have Small and Ginn for the winner's bracket games. So let's look at State real quick based on what you say. Uh, Jay, State starting on Friday in the Starkville Regional, hosting two-seed Miami, three-seed Central Michigan, four-seed Southern University from the SWAC in Baton Rouge. First game is Friday at noon, and State's going to play in it. Instead of State, the one seed playing at night, they will play at noon, for whatever reason, on Friday against Southern uh, University. So who, who or whomever State matches up against on day two is going to be coming off less, uh, less hours of rest before they tee it up and play on that Saturday. So that might be part of the strategy for playing the early game. I don't know that, though. I don't know that. But State's going to play Southern, the four seed, uh, from the SWAC, Southern University. Southern has a win at Baton Rouge against LSU this year in the midweek. They can hit the baseball. Pitching, though, they've really struggled. They are 32-22 and 22 this year. State's talent should be enough to, to go win the game. Think about that. I mean, in conventional, on paper – you look at it on paper, State ought to pitch Peyton Plumley. Not because you know he's worse or anything like that. He's been really, really good. He's been a guy who can go pitch in any situation. He's right-handed, whereas Ethan Small, your starter who's dominant, is, is a lefty. And you think, okay, well, State can beat the four-seed Southern without using up Ethan Small. So you use somebody else to save Ethan Small for either Central Michigan or Miami, whoever wins that game. The only problem that I see with that is two things. Number one, if what if Ethan Small starts a Saturday game and let's say State advances to the Super Regional, which starts on a Thursday? So you're going to have Ethan Small pitch on Saturday and then turn around and pitch again on Thursday? For a guy who's been on a strict schedule start to start all year long? For a coaching staff who's worked really hard and in certain situations made very sure they didn't have guys throwing on short rest, especially small again. 
See, I, I don't know about that. Unless you're somehow guaranteed that if you host the Super Regional the next weekend and win it, you're guaranteed you're not playing until Friday, then Saturday to Friday is not that bad. So it's one thing is you don't want to get in a situation where he pitches on Saturday and then you're going to start your Super Regional on Thursday and he's throwing on one less day. I mean, I just don't think you want that. And then the other thing is this. You you can't overstate the importance of being in the winner's bracket. Who cares what seed they are? Who cares what advantage you think you have as a one seed? Anybody in this postseason can beat anybody. It can. And by any means necessary, if you're a Mississippi State fan, you got to be in the winner's bracket. You have to win that game, period. Does Ethan Small give you the best chance to win that opening game? Yes. Yes. So y'all tell me if I'm crazy, and it's it's probably a reason that I'm not coaching. <laughs> but I got Ethan Small on the mound on Friday at noon. That's the only game I care about winning. I don't even care about the next day. Period. Winning that game. What gives me the best chance to win that game? And then I'll worry about what gives me the best chance to win the next one. Because Central Michigan and Miami are going to play on Friday night. They're both going to throw their aces. And if I'm state, I like my number two, JT Ginn, against anybody else's number two. Maybe I'm the crazy one. Get your phone calls and your texts in. I'll get to them next here on the show in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Live with you on a Tuesday. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. I have an unbelievable offer to tell you about. Sure do. I'm going to tell you about it. Sure am. Unbelievable offer. <laughs> you got your bell. Yeah, it was kind of quiet. Did you hear it loud enough? Yeah, it was, it's, it's about the right. Yeah, you don't want it any louder? Yeah. It's about this the is right my part. bell. This is my bell right here. That's it. That's all I got. There you go. It's like the little bell at the front desk. In the Arms Hotel. <laughs> oblique hee-haw reference there for the people yeah. who get that. Yeah. Hee-haw. There's some funny stuff on that show. There, there oh. really was some good humor on that show. A lot of it. I was it. just thinking about the way they named shows back then. I mean, oh, who I came up with that? Hee-haw. And Hooterville. What were they thinking? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, some funny stuff. Um no, this bell right here. I've always loved that sound effect. It's always just been one of my favorites. Roger, my last radio job, the boss, like I was never there. I don't even live, even though, you know, the last show I did, it originated, kind of ran through Jackson. And down at their home offices, out at the front desk, they had a bell. And if a guest walked up or, or somebody walked up without a um, somebody sitting at the front desk, they, the guest could ring the bell. And it might get somebody's attention down the hall, right? I'm just on the air, minding my own business, playing this bell every now and then for effect on the radio. We'd say, big news, 
I mean, it's all it was. And do you know that somebody, one person in particular at that place, thought that I was doing that on purpose just to mess with them, to get them to get up and walk to the front desk, and got genuinely mad at me for playing this sound effect on the radio? Sure did. All because did I had he, to... Did he talk like this? No. Okay. No. That was you know what I'm talking about. All, all because they had to get off their rear end and walk to the front desk every now and then. Ridiculous. Hey, um... You will name names in the break. <laughs> stick around. Um, no, here's your unbelievable offer. Unbeatable technology at C Spire. The new... You've heard about this phone. The new Google Pixel 3a. They have it now at C Spire for a limited time. I am all about the cameras. <laughs> in fact, I'm so tempted to, like, call up C Spire and say, Hey, listen, I don't want to keep it. I just want it for a day so I can test the camera out. <laughs> I really want to get because I have seen unreal reviews for the camera and the video specs and the storage and everything with the Google Pixel 3a, that phone, and, and I really want to try it. But anyway, for a limited time, you can get the Google Pixel 3a with trade-in, okay, trade-in this phone, real-time language translation. A smart camera, the smarter camera. Unlimited cloud storage for photos and video, which is huge if you use it for that a lot. A lot of other great features. Smarter tech, happier customers. Learn more. cspire.com. Customer inspired at cspire. Divinity Equipment phone. Jeff hanging on this uh, Tuesday. What's up, Jeff? Hey, man. Uh, just kind of trying to get some data on all these regionals. You know how they'll rank them from the yeah. uh, the toughest down to the easiest? Mm -hmm. And I, I haven't seen a breakdown like that. I have seen something from ESPN talking about the three or four hardest and then the three or four easiest. Yep. Um, Mississippi State and Arkansas got in that group for the easiest. Uh, they says your big gun is going to be Miami. They're going to come in with a chip on their shoulder. You know that they uh, did get a regional. Yeah. They said they hadn't been the regionals or hadn't been in the tournament for the last two years, mm -hmm. and said going into the new dude is they think going to be intimidating. And they said Arkansas's got an easy draw. Um, the only one they said UCLA's got an easy draw. Um, I heard anything about Oxford? Any of those? Have you seen any? publications on where they rank the easiest to the hardest as far as the regional? Yeah, you know, I haven't this year, Jeff, to see where uh, I'm, I'm like, you, like you. The ones that they've ranked hardest and easiest have always been other ones, not the Oxford Regional. You know, like last year when they had Tennessee Tech in there, the best home run hitting team in the country, everybody knew it was a hard regional. As it turned out, it, it, it turned out to be true. Um. I don't I don't see Ole Miss's regional as being easy by any stretch. Clemson uh, has a very good baseball team, super talented. Is Seth Beer still on that team, or did he graduate? He was a guy who, like as a freshman, set all kind of records hitting home runs. Clemson is super talented in baseball. They And here's the thing. Illinois is the two-seed in that deal. We haven't even talked about the two-seed. I don't even know much about them. Clemson's a three. And the four seed <laughs> at uh, the Oxford Regional, who Ole Miss has to face, is Jacksonville State. 
okay, from over there in Alabama, east of Birmingham, Jacksonville State. What I looked this up earlier. They play in that oh shoot. What's the name of that conference? What is the name of it? It's not the Southern it's the Ohio Valley Conference. That's what it is. They won the Ohio Valley Conference. It's a pretty good baseball league. I mean, it really is. You got Murray State and Eastern Kentucky and UT Martin, uh, Tennessee Tech, that team from a year ago, same thing. Jacksonville State won the Ohio Valley Conference. They went 22-8 and in that conference. All right? They played six games this year against top 50 teams. They won two of them. That was the most of anybody in that conference. And they're coming into the Oxford Regional on a 12-game win streak. That's a good baseball team. They are. I'm telling you, if Ole Miss or any SEC team hosted Jacksonville State for a midweek game, the number of people who would be surprised that Jacksonville State would beat an SEC team is zero. Period. (laughs) Ole Miss is better. They're more talented. They're at home. They should win the game. Absolutely. But if they don't and Jacksonville State beats Ole Miss on Friday, it will surprise exactly no one. They got a tough draw in that regard. They really did. Uh, So it's not easy. I'll tell you, one of the tougher ones that is listed as one of the tougher regionals also is LSU and Baton Rouge. Brett Hudson, who's going to be on the show later, he and I do a podcast we recorded this morning called Dogpile Baseball Podcast. He actually picked Southern Miss to win that regional. Southern Miss is in there as a three seed, y'all. Arizona State is the two seed in Baton Rouge. Arizona State won 37 games out there this year and leads the nation in home runs. They can absolutely pound the baseball. LSU, okay, when anybody says they're not the best pitching team. Stony Brook is the fourth seed. They went in there and beat LSU several years ago. Sure did. LSU got a really tough draw. That thing is a total toss-up in Baton Rouge, in that regional. The state one about it being an easy one. I don't see it as an easy one. Central Michigan is the three seed. That's a 46-win veteran baseball team can swing it. They're the three seed. Miami is Miami. They're talented. You don't win 39 games in the ACC unless you're good. So it's it's not easy. It just may not be as stacked and loaded. If you want to, Jeff, look over at BaseballAmerica.com. They listed the three toughest regionals as Baton Rouge, Corvallis, and Stanford. Stanford hosting is opposite Mississippi State. So, like, if State can win the regional, they'll host the winner of the Stanford regional. Stanford is the one seed. UC Santa Barbara, 45-9 and nine is the two seed. They play good baseball on the West Coast. The three seed is Fresno State. 38 and 14 this year. That's a really good Fresno team. And the four seed at Stanford won 39 games this year, Sacramento State, out on the West Coast. That is a really, really tough one, opposite of Mississippi State, no doubt about it. Whoever wins that one in Stanford uh, will come out of that having accomplished something. And then, congrats, you get to go to Starville if State wins. That's a lot of water got to go into the bridge between now and there. Hey, coming up next, Conference USA Champs. Head coach Scott Barry from Southern Miss. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.
It ain't over until the fat lady sings. Is that little euphemism still politically correct, Roger, in 2019? Can I say that on the radio? Sure you can. It ain't over till the fat lady sings. As long as have been, we haven't been talking about any ladies in particular recently. Yeah. <laughs> as long as it's just a hypothetical fat lady, it's okay is what you're saying, right? Yeah, opera singer. <laughs> opera singer. Let fat. me tell you something. People counted Southern Miss baseball out. They said they were not in the field this past week, and all in the world they did was go to the conference tournament in Biloxi and win the whole doggone shooting match. The whole thing, uh, they won it. Southern Miss is your Conference USA champs. They are in the tournament now, headed to Baton Rouge, and their head coach, Scott Berry, on your radio right now. Well, Coach, um, you have the looks of getting hot at the right time, dare I say. That's what it looks like to me. How's it feel? Well, you know, it really is. And I think the uh, the slogan most coaches have used across the country that I've talked to all year long, it's about playing people at the wrong time or the right time, however you're catching them. I, you know, I think there's been so much roller coaster seasons for a lot of people outside of just a few uh, that, you know, when, when you when you get a win streak or you get some momentum, then you certainly don't want to catch that team at that time. And, you know, for whatever reason, the last three weekends in our season, regular season, we didn't play well. You know, we lost those all three of those series, and two of those being at home, Matt. And uh, mm-hmm. then we uh, then we kind of turned the hourglass over, let the fans start dropping for another life in the conference tournament. And, uh, you know, here we are, four-game win streak, a conference championship, tournament title, and uh, on our way to Baton Rouge. You and I have talked in these interviews before a good bit, Coach, about chemistry and you know, we touch on it and kind of kick it around because we know it's important, but a lot of times it's hard to put your finger on it. But just like I asked you one time about, you know, coming from behind or, you know, winning that early series in the season to kind of kickstart the chemistry, what about winning a conference tournament, making a run and doing the dog pile? What does that do for chemistry heading into the regional? Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, to me, that 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 makes the the, uh, the perfect ingredients for what we were trying to do. I mean, that was the ultimate goal, obviously. And uh, you know, what I saw this this conference tournament is I saw a lot of different faces contribute in these wins that hadn't played a big part on the field up to that point. Uh, had had played sparingly, but then had been called upon and had been given the opportunity and they cashed in, which, you know, tells me they were, they were ready to, uh, to contribute. They weren't sulking on the, on the bench because they weren't playing. And, you know, and that's what we have to have as, as any team is, is everybody playing for, for one. And that's, that's the team. And at this point, there's 64 teams out of 299 division one teams that are trying to be one of eight going to Omaha and, and they better find that really, really quick or else, you know, they'll see their season come to an end. So I think that's what our guys did down there. They really just they came together, and you could see the excitement. You could see the energy and just uh, the, the momentum building as we continued each game. Yeah. Scott Berry, the head baseball coach, Southern Miss, on your radio right now. So a three-seed in Baton Rouge. and you, You've got some experience coaching down there. What's it like when you play in the postseason in Baton Rouge, Coach? Well, it's been since 2008 uh, that we were there, uh, honestly, and, and it's uh, obviously one of the best venues in, in college baseball. And at one time, 
was the best, but now there's several other fan bases and administrations and, mm-hmm. and programs that are investing money, uh, just like LSU has. But certainly a great crowd, uh, a very intelligent baseball crowd. And, you know, my experiences in the past, Matt, is, is they're appreciative for appreciative for to, to watch good baseball mm. you know they applaud for the opponent when they make great plays they certainly get behind their guys to, to get momentum that that they the team might not show on the field so you know it's a great place to play and if you're a, if you're a college baseball player it's a great tournament to go to you know we talk so much about how competitive everything is you win your conference tournament you you get either like congrats you get to go to baton rouge and, and oh by the way congrats you're going to start off with Arizona State, who's hit 92 home <laughs> runs this year. <laughs> Congrats. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, it's, it, your opponent, of course, uh, you, we can start dissecting each each opponent that we are uh, about to play, and, mm-hmm. and we have. And at the end of the day, you're going to find that everybody you play from here on out is going to be a good team or they wouldn't be there. Right. Uh, or they're playing well at the right time or they wouldn't be there. So Arizona State happens to be our first game. Uh, certainly it's a great challenge. I know back in 1987 when I was at uh, uh, Missouri State, which was then Southwest Missouri State, and it was a 48-team regional, uh, we we were there in 87 in Tempe to play Arizona State and got beat 9-5. to So a long tradition of, of Great baseball played in that program, and um, you know we'll we'll get to uh, we'll get to have a, a very good challenge Friday at twelve o'clock with with, with them being our team. Well, we and, play. and it's a it's a drivable trip for a lot of Southern Miss fans too, isn't it? The fact that it's in Baton Rouge, it is. So I mean, you're looking at two and a half hours. Not not a bad trip at all. Of course, you know tickets are probably going to be a problem. Yeah, uh, as as we've experienced it, other. Uh, that that host, you know, they get the majority of the seats. So, uh, outside of outside of the LSU game, I think you know you, you'll be able to get tickets. But certainly, ourselves and LSU will be the two main fan bases. That I don't look for Arizona State to bring a lot of folks, probably. Mm-hmm. Nor do I look for Stony Brook out of New York to bring a lot of folks. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be purple and gold and black and gold, I would think, this weekend for the most part. No doubt. And I, I can say for pretty confidently for everybody listening to this show, it, it, it nothing would tickle anybody in our state more than to watch you beat LSU. You know, we just would get all get a big kick out of that. So um, we can certainly hope that it comes down to that. Well, listen, Coach, uh, congrats on a weekend. Um, again, and tickled. it's just another example of the – the state of college baseball is way on up there here in the state of Mississippi. Hats off to you and your team. Well, you know, it's the greatest baseball, college baseball state in the country. You and I and, and several people know that, and, and our people make it that way. Uh, between the, the Division One programs uh, that are in our state, the D2 programs, Delta State, uh, you know, the uh, the NAI programs, the William Carey, you know, they went to a national tournament last year. Mm-hmm and Mississippi College and all of them, and and then to our JUCO. So it is a great state. Our people make it the greatest. Absolutely. Coach, appreciate it. Thank you. We'll be watching. Thank you, man. Thank you. That's Scott Berry, head baseball coach, Southern Miss. Arizona State is the opening opponent for Scott and for Southern Miss this coming Friday in Baton Rouge right at noon, I guess noon central. You think it was hot in Arizona. I'm sorry, hot in Hoover last week. Head on 
out there for a noon game in Baton Rouge this weekend. Let's see what the humidity is there. Uh, Arizona State, 92 home runs this year that leads the nation. Indiana, who is a two seed in – what region are they in? Indiana is in the Louisville Regional. They're the two seed in Louisville. Indiana has hit the second most home runs this year. They've hit 90. Um, Tulane third hit 87. Then a couple of teams tied fourth. Coastal Carolina and Tennessee Tech have hit 87. Now, Tennessee Tech did not make the NCAA tournament this year. you know, But that's the team that led the country in home runs last year and went and won the Oxford Regional, then went on and played Texas in the Super and lost. They came back and hit 87 home runs this year. Sure did. Tennessee Tech's coach got hired away by somebody. And the top SEC teams in terms of hitting the long ball would be Vanderbilt, led by J.J. Blade, who led the country individually in terms of home run hitting. Uh, Vandy, tied with Oklahoma State, hitting uh, 62 home runs uh, uh, this year. Individually, I told you about Blade from Vanderbilt. He hit 26 and you got a kid named Parker Phillips for Austin P, who hit 25. Austin P, the aforementioned, um, what was the name of that conference again? <laughs> that uh, Ohio Valley. They're in the Ohio Valley Conference. So, so is Tennessee Tech. So how about that? The Ohio Valley Conference that Jacksonville State comes out of as the four seed going to Oxford on Friday has the number two and number three home run hitters in the country. Parker Phillips hit 25 for Austin P. And Jason Henchman hit 24 for uh, Tennessee Tech. But again, we talk about home runs. Arizona State, the leading home run hitting team in the country with 92, led by Hunter Bishop, a junior outfielder, who hit 22 home runs this year for Arizona State, sixth best in the country. Tied for 10th in the country at Arizona State is Spencer Torkelson, he hit 21, but so did Matt Walner of Southern Miss. I don't know if y'all realize that. But Walner, after his tough start of the year, turned it on and hit 21 home runs this year as a junior for Southern Miss. Get ready to see Walner's name go off the board in the first round of the upcoming Major League Baseball draft. Just uh, about a week away from that. That'll wrap up Hour 1, Hour 2 coming up. Here on the show, live in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.